This is 680 CJOB. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Bergen, like the man said, and this is the main ingredient. We have a great show lined up for you today, but on the second half of today's show, after the news, weather, and sports at the bottom of the hour, I'll be talking to the owner of a great little Mexican restaurant on South Osborne that makes the best tacos called BMC Market. But first up are the owners of two successful specialty coffee shops, Parlor Coffee on Main Street and Little Sister on uh, South Osborne. And Dogwood Coffee Company, which is uh, a new coffee roastery located at 171 McDermott. Nils Vic. I'm curious how a man with a degree in environmental science, uh, environmental, environmental design correct. and architecture, correct, yeah, ends up owning a coffee shop. Well, uh, I suppose it would just be an obsession with coffee that started in around 2008, and it just grew and grew until. My wife had no more counter space in the kitchen, <laughs> and I was forced to open a coffee shop. So you weren't just obsessed with drinking coffee. You were obsessed with making it, brewing it. Correct. Yeah. I've never been like a caffeine addict per se. Um, what got me interested in coffee was the range of flavors that could be brought out of coffee, um, things that I never knew existed prior to just downing coffee with cream and sugar in different social settings so you started so late right yeah i was never interested in coffee as an energy source i never found the flavor to be interesting or palatable until i visited a shop in montreal that kind of knocked my socks off and then i kind of fell down the rabbit hole of specialty coffee (laughs) (laughs) what did they do differently well for one i think well back then i didn't know what it was you know, I just had I had this drink in Montreal called an Allonger, which is a long espresso with a bit of steamed milk, and I didn't know what they had done. But as I started to uncover more about the coffee industry, the specialty coffee industry is what kind of sets, I think, the flavor drastically different um, com- compared to what you're used to getting at big chains or the grocery store. Um, 2008, on a school trip when I was studying architecture, um, we had a one-week trip in Montreal, and they served really great coffee, and I'd never had it before. So I just started looking more into how I could have that back at home, and it was harder than I imagined, which involved opening a shop. Um, what made it okay? So you come back to Winnipeg. Yeah, you realize there's there's nothing here like what you've experienced in, in other places. Yeah, like you you could get a coffee, it might be fine, um, or the ambiance was lacking, or not to you know what I was looking for, and so yeah, those kind of frustrations and kind of gap in the market, as you could say, is what led me to to pursuing that. So you decided you come back home. You've already got a great job. Mm-hmm. And you realize that you want to do this. Like at what point did you realize, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you were kind of messing around in your kitchen with different things and different coffee experiments and brewing and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, like I worked for EQ3 for a couple of years doing product development and got to travel quite a bit. Right. And so I would experience these great coffees and great shops in other countries and other cities. And that's kind of what kind of fueled me to be like, why don't we have what I want in Winnipeg? So... It was just kind of an accumulation of either frustration or desire. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Parlor Coffee. Sure. Um, let's explain what Parlor Coffee is. Parlor Coffee is a 400-square-foot 
tiny specialty <laughs> coffee shop beside the Woodbine Hotel on Main Street between Bannatyne and McDermott. We opened in 2011, and we basically just make coffee every day, except Sunday. We take that day off. But, uh, yeah, we don't make food. We only focus on doing coffee really well. Well, it's, like, it's got to be good if you just choose to do one thing and, you know, you've been around for four or five years now, right? Yeah, it'll be five years in September. Um, I'm a firm believer in just doing one thing really well as mm-hmm. opposed to a bunch of things okay. Right. Okay, so back when you opened, there really wasn't any specialty coffee shops kicking around. So what made you think that this one would succeed in that area? Like the exchange was, it's grown quite a bit now. Like things are just spreading out like crazy. It It is what everybody, or at least some people knew it could be now. It seems to be going in that direction in a mm-hmm. lot of good ways. Um, what made you think that you this business would succeed and especially in that area at that time? Well, I didn't really know it was going to succeed. I had a hunch just based on research in other, in other cities and mm-hmm. other precedents around the country. But I, you know, I was, I was under 30 and I thought if you're going to make a huge mistake and go bankrupt, do it before <laughs> you're 30 and then you can, you can bounce Midget. back yeah. later. Right. So I didn't really know. But I was just going to give it a shot and try to do it as limit the amount of risk as much as possible, which is why we wanted a really small square footage, you know, to make sure that our overhead wasn't outrageous because you need to sell a heck of a lot of coffees to pay your rent. So volume's important and things sure. like that. So, yeah. All right. So a couple of years later, you roll ahead. Vanessa, sister-in-law, decides, hey, this is going okay. You're like you, you worked there for a bit, right? At Parlor, yeah. Right. So yeah. what was your, um, what was the point that you decided, you know what, I'm going to open another one? I think that I had, I think that Nils knew that I um, had intentions of opening a coffee shop even since the early days of Parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nils and I have worked really well together and we, I think, see eye to eye on a lot of things. And so when it was becoming the right time for me to kind of do a new shot it made sense for us to do it together right so okay what what about the location you guys are on osborne Mm -hmm. and i asked you guys this question before um why there and like you guys are on opposite ends of town maybe kind of the same concept but different areas are different coffee shops no matter you know what you try to do so how is that one different compared Um, to parlor when little sister was just kind of in the early stages, even just kind of thinking it up. Nils and I both lived in Osborne Village. Um, I have lived in, or I lived in Osborne Village from when I was 19 until just recently. Um, Nils also lived in Osborne Village for a number of years, and that was something that we found was lacking in the neighborhood. The neighborhood is great. It's like super dense. Um, It has many things that contribute to a great neighborhood, Mm -hmm. grocery store, a bank, the MLCC, great restaurants, great shopping. <laughs> Liquor, booze, money. <laughs> well, there, I mean, it has most things that people want in a in a neighborhood close to downtown, yep. but a great coffee shop was not one of them. So we thought, this is what we would want. Let's right. do it. Yep. We'll be back with more conversation about coffee after the break. The design of the, res- the restaurants, of the coffee shops, um, how did that come about? You guys designed them together? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Parlor is completely... Nils's design. Um, so maybe you want to speak to that. Yeah, like I was definitely influenced by 
one cafe in particular that I really liked uh, in London called Fernandez and Wells. And I was drawn to that cafe even before drinking coffee. Um, and so like my background is in environmental design, architecture. Uh, so the, the space is quite minimal. Um, it tries to utilize the 400 square feet as best as possible. And it's pretty bare bones. Didn't want it to be flashy. Wanted parlor to kind of be a kind of a form of respite from kind of a visually busy world that we live in. So, you know, we have one piece of art on the wall at all times and we have a very minimal menu. You don't have any like flashy sale posters or anything like that. Just the idea is a, a refuge in a way. Um, Right, which is almost, again, to, to people that are connected all the time, it's almost shocking at first to go in and see that. But then the reason becomes clear after you're you're in there for a while, right? Yeah, I, I'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you also, it's kind of funny, people that I interview have degrees in certain things or, you know, intended to do an, another thing. And you also, French studies, BA in French studies. That's right. And now you're a coffee shop owner. That's right. <laughs> Which, which I think is awesome. So did that ever come into your mind that, hey, you know, maybe I want to do something else or this was just a natural progression? You knew that, hey, I'm doing this. This was a natural progression. Um, my mother always reminds me that education is never a waste. So mm-hmm. I don't feel badly <laughs> that I have a Bachelor of Arts in something unrelated to my career choice. But mm-hmm. my first job was in service and I have had service jobs my whole life. So for me, the coffee shop thing um, – it kind of satisfies a number of my interests, I would say. So service being one of them, I really like working with people, meeting new people, and providing hospitality to to those who enter my coffee shop. Or even when I worked at other cafes and restaurants, um, I get a lot of joy from interacting with people and having a nice time. For a while at Parlor, I think like 90% of our staff it makes it sound big. We only have like eight staff, but pretty much everyone had a degree in something, but we we're all just jazzed about making coffee. And Which so is, that's hilarious. Right? I would say like the, like such amazing conversations would happen when you have someone who's got like a degree in theology, one in architecture, um, you know, French literature, bachelor, whatever it is, you know, you throw a bunch of people with a couple of degrees in the room and it can be a lot of fun, mm. you know, because we, we serve every type of person at at the shop, whether they're a judge or a bike messenger, um, someone who may be down on hard times and is homeless, or someone who's an astrophysicist. So it's kind of fun that you have like a, a broad spectrum of education with a broad spectrum of clientele. It makes for a fun day. Let's talk about the roastery. Sure. How did that come about? From an outside perspective, it does sort of make sense to mm-hmm. go from coffee shops to coffee roasting. I don't think either of us had really planned to do it this soon, but it it was a great opportunity. So we had become friends with this coffee roastery in Minneapolis called Dogwood Coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple of shops too. So on our trips to Minneapolis to go to shows and eat at restaurants, we frequented those coffee shops and became friends with them in person, but then also through social media. Um, So they had mentioned a trip to Winnipeg to come check out what was going on coffee-wise and visited Parlor and visited Little Sister. Um, And there had been talk of them having interest in roasting in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So after their visit, which we just got along super well with them while they were here, just connected on a number of levels, like coffee-wise, but then also found out we had similar kind of upbringings and, yeah, just like really clicked on a personal and professional level. Mm -hmm. Um, So we continued kind of our friendship with them, and they proposed the idea to us of roasting in Winnipeg together. So Nils, myself... And our other partner, Chad Ermel, he owns Flatland Coffee in Gimli. Right. Um, so the three of us and them would kind of partner together. And yeah, it made a lot of sense for us to move forward with it because we do have these coffee shops that need coffee to keep on rolling. So yeah, yeah it just like, it seemed very organic the way that it all mm-hmm. happened. Like you guys were using the product already. You were buying from there already? We were not. No. So we, at Little Sister, we have attempted to work with American roasters, but Mm -hmm. it is not a very easy thing to do just because of the border and the American dollar. It's, it's just a little bit tricky, Um, especially with our kind of focus and emphasis on freshly roasted coffee. It, if it shows up a few days late, that throws off super regular orders. So um, yeah, we, we hadn't worked with Dogwood based on the fact that they were in Minneapolis, even though it's so close to Winnipeg, it, yeah. it had to cross that border, which made it really difficult. But again, we really liked their coffee and, and they had, they had suggested to us like, Hey, why don't you guys use, use our coffee? And we were like, we can't use your coffee. You're in the States. Yep. <laughs> um, so I think that's what also pushed this partnership along a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it easier to get, okay. So if you were to go and order off them. Let's say you're you were about purchasing the coffee off them as a you know a coffee shop buying from a roaster. Mm-hmm. It comes over roasted, yeah, and that makes it harder to get over. So how, how what's the difference between getting it now and getting it as it as it right. was as a coffee shop? It's not necessarily hard to get coffee that's roasted in the states shipped to Canada. The issue is that in maintaining a specialty shop, we want to ensure that we're using coffee that's you know between four. And ten days off the roast, um, oh, cool. so we're, yeah, we're ordering quickly, right. every single week. Right, and so when you get a holdup at the border for whatever reason, if the customs declaration is filled out wrong and that coffee sits for three, four days, it screws up your whole kind of ordering process and inventory management. Yep. So, yeah, so it's not hard. It just poses some potential problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so for what you say you're offering, you say you're you're offering freshly roasted coffee and yeah, right. it's been sitting at the border for two weeks. Yeah, and so sometimes that's not like the coffee's still good, but in the meantime you could run out. And as a shop owner, if yeah, you're, yeah. you're if your number one product is coffee, you need to have it. Right, that so, could be a bad thing. But green coffee, to get to your other question of shipping that over the border, um, you know, it runs the same gamut of inspections and things like that green coffee is duty free so the biggest thing is the lead time and the ship time um so it's like getting anything else over the border but you know we'll bring in six thousand pounds of green coffee as opposed to you know a shipment of 50 to 100 pounds every single week right so we only have to deal with the border on a monthly basis kind of thing Okay, let's give some basic information on where your coffee shops are located, the hours, and um, wrap it up. Sure, yeah. So Little Sister Coffee Maker is located at 470 River Avenue in Osborne Village. We're open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday and from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. 
Your turn. Parlor Coffee is, <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <me. laughs> Coffee is located at 468 Main Street between McDermott and Bannatyne. We are open 7 to 5, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 on Saturday, and we are closed for all holidays and Sundays. Roger that. Thanks, you guys, for coming in. I appreciate Thanks for it. having us. All Thanks right. a lot for having us. When we return after the new sports and weather at the bottom of the hour, I'll tell you where you can find great authentic Mexican tacos and you leave with a full stomach and plenty of money still left in your wallet. This is Kevin Bergen on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. After the break, The Main Ingredient returns, and we are talking to Betty, the owner of BMC Market on Osborne, about their great authentic Mexican tacos. This is Kevin Bergen on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen, and there are a ton of things going on in Winnipeg this summer. Folklorama continues until Saturday, August 13th. Foodorama is going on today and tomorrow, August 6th and 7th at 737 Kuwaitin, which is going to be a ton of fun with their food sampling, eating competitions, uh, celebrity chefs, cooking demos, business information sessions, and food trucks. And the Barbecue and Blues Festival, presented by 97 Big FM, takes over Smith Street in front of Burton Cummings Theatre, August 19th and 20th. And it's going to feature the best international, national, and local performers, along with Lux Barbecue Company's Pitmaster Championship Barbecue Competition, which is going to be awesome. Um, and there's also a food and beverage garden. But right now I'm talking Mexican food with Betty, who is literally the sweetest, kindest person I've ever met, and is also the owner of a great, re- of a great restaurant on Osborne Street called BMC Market. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's talk about your journey to Canada. How long have you been in Canada, and how did you, how did you get here? And maybe you can... Let me know how you um, how you ended up in Winnipeg. Okay, we've been here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. We lived in the States for seven years. And once my husband said, you know what, I'm not happy here. I want to look something different. And he said, Canada. And I said, oh, no, 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 forget it. It's too far <laughs> from home. I don't want it. And then next day he said, you know what, we need to talk about it. Okay. And he was pointed the good things about the Canada life. Mm-hmm. And after a while, while, I agree with him. And we decided to come to Winnipeg. We picked this city. It's not the big one. It's not a small one. And we thought that it was the right place for our kids, for rice our kids. Yeah. And I think we did great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Winnipeg's a really nice, yeah. really nice city. I'm some, the winter can sometimes... Put a little shock and awe into people. Oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise every that. year that my husband, okay, you know what? I won't complain about the weather. I know the weather is okay. I can handle and blah, blah, blah. But just start it and start complaining. For me, the hardest part is driving. That mm-hmm. is my complaint. Other than that, I'm okay here. Like driving in the winter or driving? Yes, oh, driving yeah. in the winter. Yeah, it's a little yes, rough, right? when it's very slippery. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I'm very happy. I think we did the right choice. We have two kids, and they are doing great. Okay, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about BMC Market. How did that come about? Maybe you can explain first what it is. Okay, BMC Market is uh, we uh, how is the name? We started as a market six years ago, mm-hmm. and when it started, we said, you know what? Maybe it's not the many Mexican population here. But then we say, okay, we try something small and go from there. Mm-hmm. And after one year, we start thinking about do something different. We want to add something special to our market. And it's why we did with the tacos. Right. And we decide to start doing that after two years. 
And now in October will be four years baking tacos. Okay, so the first year you were importing Mexican goods, right? Like food yes. and stuff for food and some uh, souvenirs. Okay, so what made you decide? Of course, you guys wanted to branch out into something else. So why food? Why tacos? Why did you decide why to? Why tacos? Yeah. As a Mexican, tacos is a huge thing for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And we can live without tacos. <laughs> and it's something that we were missing in town. And we decided to start doing without uh, marketing something small. We thought that probably we need to start with something real Mexican. And maybe we need to have like a Tex-Mex menu. But then we say, you know what? No, it's just the real Mexican stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's why just we serve the tacos in the way that we do. Yeah, they're very good. Very simple. And we made the tortillas there, which is, I think is good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you decided to branch over into food, you guys were doing, at one point you were doing both, right? You had the market open and you were, you were making food at the same time, right? Yes, we did that. But then we decided to go more for the um tacos for the food, for the kind of building that we have, mm -hmm. we don't have enough room for both. Right. So uh, I, I, I guess the, the tacos were working out so well that you just kind of took things over, right? Yes, so very well. Away with the market and use the stuff that you were mar bringing in to make your tacos, right? Yes. But now it's just for, for us, we don't sell that much. It's yeah. just some salsas and some candy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the food. Because, okay. hey, that's why you're here to make food. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the type of tacos you make first. You make a, a few different kinds, right? Yes. We make just uh, seven different kinds of tacos. Yep. And it's very simple. We do in the way that we do at home. It's just a corn tortilla. We use a little bit of flour. and But also we have the gluten-free option. Mm. Just that people need to ask for that. Yep. And those tortillas we don't make in... In BMC. Right. Those are just the package one. Right. Flavor is totally different. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have the tacos. We have the chorizo, uh, which is the Mexican-style sausage. Yep. We have pastor, which is the pork with pineapple and onion. Mm -hmm. We have a chicken. is a tinga. And it's chicken cooked with onion and cabbage. Yep. And we have rajas, which is the no-meat option. And those are the three for five dollars. Okay. And we made the tortillas in the store. Right. Then we have another option with this three for six ninety nine, which is barbacoa, is the um, beef, and yep. we have the carnitas, is the pulled pork, and the carnitas uh, we decide to go with that, and we prepare in the way that we do in my hometown. Mm -hmm. Is our principal or the main dish. In my hometown. Okay. And it's why we do like that. We don't use an extra sauce, how they do here. Like they put the um, maple sauce or barbecue. No, yep. it's just how we do back and, home. Yeah. And all, right. So you explained to me before that there's no lettuce or tomatoes and uh, no sour cream and all that no. stuff in there. That's not how it's made back no. home, right? That's not authentic. No, it's authentic. We use that, but not in this kind of tacos. Right. This kind of tacos is just with onion, cilantro, and salsas. And you can pick the salsas from our different choices. Yep. We have four different choices, which is the mild, the medium, and the hot. And the medium, <laughs> we have both, the, the green and the red salsa. What's, what's the difference between the green and the red? 
The green one is made with a green tomatillo. It's a special tomato that we have at home. Yeah. Well, yeah. Taste difference-wise? Yes. I like the flavor. It's a little bit sour, and it's... I think it's hard to describe the flavor. Of the green one we're talking? The green one. A little bit sour? Yes, Mm. but it's sour, good good sour. Yep. And we combine with the onion and garlic and cilantro. Yep. Yeah. Mix it all up and it's good. (laughs) Yeah, the cilantro. And I don't understand when some people say the cilantro tastes like a soup, soap. Really? Yes, but I don't know. I grew up with that flavor, and I don't find that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I don't find that either, but I guess either you like it or you don't, right? Yeah, exactly. If someone wants it without cilantro, can they have it without? Yes, you can pick with cilantro or with without cilantro and without onion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, when you eat the tacos, don't forget to put some lime. That is the special I know, I, I nearly broke one. that rule, didn't I? <laughs> 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 you got in trouble there. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, that is a special thing for the tackle. No, it's awesome. After the break, we'll return and talk more about BMC Market. Let's talk about the quesadillas. The quesadillas. The difference between the taco and the quesadilla mm-hmm. is the quesadilla has a milk cheese, the mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese. Yep. And we can ha- you can have that with the meat or without meat. Okay, is it is it the same meats that go inside the, the tacos? Yes. Like same ones? Yes. Okay. And also for the tacos, we have the special ones just for the weekends, the lengua. Oh, okay. Let's, explore, <laughs> let's talk tank. about that. Yeah, it's a beef tank, mm-hmm. and it's just a beef tank. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a special flavor. Uh, I love the, fl- the flavor. It's, the texture is different, but it's very yummy. Mm. I'll give that a go. Um, what are the recipes from your tacos come from? The recipes. I make my own, but I took some advices from my grandma, mm. my mother-in-law, my mom, yeah. and I make my own ones. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the, I combine those, them. Those three are back in. in they're back home, Mexico. Uh, my mom and my grandma. Yes, they are in Mexico, mm-hmm. and my mother-in-law. She is in the states. I gotcha. Okay. Um, how do they feel about you guys uh, opening a restaurant here? Have they? Have they given any advice or, or know that you guys have a restaurant here? That's what you do? Yes, always. Uh, I remember when I was uh, little, uh, my grandma used to sell food. And I saw her, how she did things. Mm-hmm. And I think now, uh, always when I do something, I remember those days. when I saw her that she was working hard, yeah. making things. And yeah, I think I do from them. And always they are very proud of us what we are, what what we are doing here yeah yeah I, um, I think we are in the right path we are doing good things we showing how is the mexican food mm-hmm. the real mexican food right very simple but very tasty right now, speaking of which, um, your daughter works at the restaurant also, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and what does she do there? Oh, she's doing great. She's my little manager. And she's learning a lot of things. Yeah. And right now she's over there. <laughs> yeah. She's probably learning the same lessons that you learned from your grandmother. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I see her and I picture myself in the back days when I did the same like my, my I did the same with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And always she let me do it. Mm-hmm. I was, for me, it was like having fun, just playing. But also I could help her. 
And maybe now all those things that I learned in that time that I was playing, right. I'm doing here. Right. Had no idea that you're actually learning things because yes. it was just kind of no. fun hanging out. Yeah, and, it was so fun. Right. And you realize it now. Yeah. And also I remember for me it was an honor when, when my grandma said, you know what? You are in charge of the money. <laughs> that was yeah, the fun awesome. part. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think with my daughter, it's the same. When we started six years ago, she was eight years. Yeah, eight years. And they were fighting with my son mm -hmm. because she always say, no, 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 that teller is mine. <laughs> and she is still like that. And she can handle very well. You know, it's a lot of pressure. Work in the restaurant when it's full, when everybody's on rush, they are hungry. Mm -hmm. We have to do things fast as we can. And she can handle the pressure very well. Mm. And uh, she put the attention in details and she knows what go next. Right. Yeah. Probably watches you and learns that from you, right? You guys, that's how you guys run the business. So, yes. you know, just, just follow suit. I think suit. she's learning good things. Yeah. And she feels so proud of our uh, business. Mm -hmm. Always my, my son and myself, we're bagging, bagging her and say, you know what? Maybe you can take the business career, right? Yeah. And she say, no, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She says that now, but we'll see yeah, what happens later, we'll right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, uh, but that leads into my other question, which is with the popularity with, of your restaurant. You know, word of mouth is getting, you guys have been there for four or five years now? Uh, yeah, with the restaurant is... Uh, Close to four years already. Right. So during lunchtime and dinner time, that you guys get those lunch and dinner rushes where there is a lineup. How do you guys? How do you handle that? Yes, it's got to be a lot of pressure, right? <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. And when we started, just we have, is it was just my husband, myself, my daughter helping out. Now we have more people helping, and the hard part for us is making the tortillas. <laughs> we make the tortillas by hand. Right, and you make them right there, right as, there. as someone orders. That's yes. when it's made, and that's when yes. you know it's put yes. together, and there yes. you go, right? And it's why sometimes uh, we we try to be ahead, but sometimes we can't. Right. And always we do things faster than we can. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's got to be tough. It is tough. Right. Yes, it's very, when you feel <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> Everybody get moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, who yeah. was the young lady that made my stuff, my food? When I remember when I came back there the other day, who was that making my uh, my taco? The tortillas? Yes. Uh, she's Sara, yep. and she's from Guatemala. Oh, she's very nice. I yes. like her. Thank you. Um, and she's been f with us for almost three years. Yep. Yes, and... Something that also I like about BMC is that we are building one good teamwork. Mm -hmm. And when we have to do things fast, everybody is doing their job. Yep. Yeah, Let's also we done. do weddings. Oh, do you? Yes. It was so fun. It's nervous, but we really enjoy that. Yep. Be part of the big events. Yep. It's very nice. Do you cater other kind of events? Yes, we do. Hmm. How do people, so if, let's say I wanted you to cater, I just contact you and work out the details? Yes. Okay. And depends what you want, but it can be the salad, the soup, and the tortillas. Yeah. The, the tacos, sorry. Yes. Just the quesadillas, no. It's uh, very hard to make them for a large right. quantity. Yep. For a large group, but the tacos and all the stuff, we can handle very well. Right. Let's give some people basic information as uh, like uh, where you're located and what your hours are. Okay. We are in 722 Osborne Street. And 
uh, our operations hours are Monday to Saturday, mm-hmm. 11.30 to 8, yep. and Sunday, 12 to 6. All right. See, that was painless. We're done now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having us. Right, no problem. All right. It was Try a good experience. <laughs> What's that? It was a good experience was to good. be here. Yes. <laughs> I was nervous. Now I'm okay. And then now you're good. All right. Yeah. That's perfect. I'll make sure we'll have you back. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> we'll return after the break to wrap up. This is Kevin Bergen on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. That concludes another Main Ingredient show. So I hope if you haven't treated yourself to the kind of coffee available at a specialty coffee shop, You stop by Parlor or Little Sister Coffee Shops and try some out. And if you're hungry and are in the mood for some great Mexican tacos, swing by BMC Market on Osborne and say hello to Betty for me. Talk to you next week. I'm Kevin Bergen on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.